you, you can't really be handed a role when you're sort of exploring these networking opportunities, but you can be handed a contact, you can be handed a phone number. And then I, I feel it's up to the individual at that point to, you know, make that phone call, write that email and, and get that one-on-one time. All right, fellow marketers, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by themarketinghelp.co. Now, our episode today, great episode today, it's especially valuable for anyone who's seeking to start a career in marketing, whether that's you or maybe someone you know that's currently in high school, maybe currently in college or university, or a recent college graduate or, or someone who's currently in a marketing internship, this is the episode for you. Now, the intro clip you heard was from our guest, uh, Jared Rourke. Now, he is a media planner at uh, Media Futures Group, otherwise known as MFG, and he shares his journey on how he took steps as early as high school to figure out and gain clarity on where his marketing career could go. But then he also shares some, some, some tips on how to maximize any marketing internship that you have so that you can learn as much as possible and make sure you're using that time and experience to help you advance to a full-time paid marketing role. He's got some great stories on that. So let's just get right into it. Here is my discussion with media planner at Media Futures Group, Jared Rourke. Welcome to the episode. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, so excited to hear your perspective, Jared, because you represent what I think is relevant to a lot of our audience, which is you are working currently, and we'll get into more details of this, at MFG, which is a pretty large, well-known agency in New York. Um, and you're, you're a couple months into that, but you know, th- there's a journey that you've had that's just started that I think is going to be valuable for our audience to hear about how you got there. Um, so why don't we start by in a couple of sentences, just tell us what you do as a media planner at MFG. Yeah. So as a, as a media planner at MFG, you know, we are thinking a lot about the various channels that we plan across. Um, we're taking into account how we're targeting the audience as well. Um, MFG, well, I should start by saying MFG is sort of the bespoke agency for Google. Um, it's a combination of People at Mediacom, people at Essence, who tr- own the digital business originally. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of bringing together the Mediacom experience in the offline media world and working to plan those media campaigns in an integrated way. Um, and so where I come in as sort of a senior associate slash media planner on the account is I do a lot of the, you know, dates day-to-day task management-based stuff um, in terms of like managing the account, but also providing recommendations on which channels to plan on, uh, budget allocation recommendations, as well as meeting with vendors, partners, and managing those specialty teams as well. Got it. So, and we're going to go into more detail about what you're doing there on a daily basis in the, in the second half of the, of the episode here, but gives good context because I think what many people don't realize is that when you say media planner, you're actually planning for media that's both digital and traditional. Is that right? Right. Yeah. It's an integrated position. Nice. Okay. So let's, let's go back to the beginning in terms of, you know, why you decided to take a path in marketing, because I see you went to Syracuse. You, you actually graduated with a degree in advertising. Um, I actually did the same thing, but I'm wondering did you know you wanted to be in advertising before you started university or was it something that you uh, came to become interested in after you picked your, your major? So that's a great question. I definitely did not know I wanted to be in advertising. Um, in throughout my experience in high school, I was always involved with like media and communications related classes. Um, I spent a lot of time working on my high school's morning daily broadcast show nice producing segments for that as well as being a host on it um but when i went to university i really thought i wanted to go into journalism specifically Mm -hmm. so i started off taking those one-on-one classes quickly learned that i did not enjoy reading the newspaper quite as much as i thought i would i did not enjoy immersing myself into that sort of pessimistic worldview in a way. Um, I think journalism is still a great field. You know, we need people to be asking those tough questions and be reporting on, you know, the going ons in the world. However, 
it was in my time as a freshman at Newhouse, we had sort of like seminars on all the different majors uh, that were offered. And the advertising one really sold me. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's because the professors are, you know, great at their job, but the, the field seemed really interesting to me. And that's when I made the switch into um, more advertising related classes. And like I had said before, was just always fascinated by the world of media in general, especially a lot of offline media as well. So I feel it kind of just like was a was a good transition for me. Well, I mean, it's a good point you make because for those early early in their marketing career that are listening, the tremendous opportunity that exists in most high school level um, curriculums nowadays is they have their own media departments because, you know, back then it was a yearbook. Now it's an actual TV station in some cases or an entire media department. So it sounds like if anybody has any inkling of interest in, in advertising or marketing, that could be a good uh, incubator to not just become interested in it and develop skills, but also understand what roles and opportunities exist after as you head into, into university. So when you decided to... um you switch your major to advertising and then when it comes to the experience gain now again i know syracuse is well known for their communications department and they you know have tons of great uh alums that that have graduated from there in the world of marketing but how did you get into those uh internships so you know i guess first talk about the 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 value of the internships that you had but then also um what you were learning in those internships uh when you took them Right. So it's, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, the, the first internship I took, well, both internships were primarily through networking outside of the university. It was, uh, the first one was from a friend I've made throughout my time at Syracuse who sort of went the more music marketing, uh, music business related field. He was always telling me and my friends about new upcoming artists. Um, I think the one that kind of stuck with me was, about five years ago, he was always talking about Megan the Stallion. Mm. And she is kind of like headlining a lot of festivals now, which is interesting. But he introduced me to a couple music producers, and I sort of drummed up a deal where I had like a very informal internship with them, where I was sort of helping them manage some of their online presence on different websites. That were like up and coming versions of Spotify. There was one called Resonate where they were trying to set up an account on there. And I was sort of, my, my role was to kind of think as the consumer, you know, how would I want this to look for their audience? And also at the same time, explore other opportunities in the online world. Um, how like other potential areas that they could like market themselves. I would pitch ideas to them on uh like different content creation they could do for youtube um and then i also like helped edit some of that content for them to make it ready to post um and so sort of like got a little bit of like client interaction experience in that way right um the second internship i took was also through uh someone i knew working in marketing and advertising who introduced me to this individual who had started her own agency about 10 years ago. And it was a very, very small agency, like one to 10 people. And they, their focus was primarily on like strategy for brands, as well as a lot of event curation um, style stuff. So what I was doing there, I, I think on LinkedIn, I still listed as like a copywriter position, but it was, it was very focused on social media content creation and right. how to position different brands that were interested in sponsoring these events, how to position their branding within content sponsoring the events themselves. So I helped out a lot with creating like short clips for Instagram primarily uh, as well as like some Instagram story content. Um, 
And what, what that internship was really valuable for was it taught me how to be a fast learner because I kind of came in with not much experience in Adobe besides Photoshop and not really much experience in the creative world in general. I mean, I kind of found in my time at, at university that I really aligned more with the strategic side of advertising mm-hmm. um, and definitely enjoyed those classes at, at Syracuse that were more focused on media planning and research within the advertising world. Um, but in this internship, it, like I said, it allowed me to learn fast because it was necessary to use um, Adobe After Effects to make a lot of that social content. And I came in not really you know, having dabbled in it a bit, but not really making any content myself really in After Effects. And I was just sort of handed like these brand assets, these brand positioning guides, and also some details about where the event was going to be, time, place, and would have to take all of that and put it together in After Effects in like a short 10 second Instagram clip. And so it was a lot of weekends, like looking up videos, you know, how do I do this in After Effects? How, how do I do that? Um, how do I render a clip so that it appears in the correct ratio on Instagram? Um, you know, how do I make something for an Instagram post versus an Instagram story post? So it, it kind of opened my eyes to the world of social media a bit, as well as creating content. Um, but I quickly learned that like I didn't enjoy the creation of the content as much as I did like the brand positioning side of it and sort of how that fit within the social world. All right. So, I mean, great insight to those internships because it sounds like the value pulled from those. And this is true for everybody, no matter what level, when you're taking a, a new role, you learn what you didn't like as much as you learn what you did like. And, you know, just looking at your background, I'm going to venture to guess that because of those experiences and internships, you you came away with some portfolio pieces, uh, a greater knowledge on how to use some of these tools, these marketing tools. But then you had more clarity on where you wanted to go potentially next, because in the back of your head, it sounds like there was something saying, you know, strategy is the way to go. Planning is the way to go. Uh, Now that you know how to do things, let's let's try to focus on roles that allow you to do more of the, the thinking things. Is that, is that accurate? Right. And uh, to, to go deeper into it, uh, especially come out of, coming like right out of university, I, you know, and still am definitely a bit naive into how, you know, like the, the business aspect of advertising works, which is something I think that was really interesting to me, mm-hmm. uh, especially within my first role, because it's kind of an unknown until you get there. Like you can, you can study in university, like how to, you know, research an audience. You can study how to make a good ad. You can study the the content creation part of it, but it, but it's hard to really understand how the deals are made and how those relationships and partnerships are formed and how they operate on a day to day, month to month, quarter to quarter basis. Um, so I think the fact that 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 sort of world of the business side of media and the media planning discipline of advertising, because it was such an unknown to me, I think that's what made it interesting. And like you said, from my prior internships experience and discovering that maybe those weren't the right fit for me in terms of the creative side, um, I think it it definitely led me down this path that you were saying. Great. So uh, now in listening to that path and internships, the two way, the, the way that you secure these two internships was through networking. So, I mean, maybe it's just a simple answer here, but I, I think our audience would like to know when you say that you were, you had connections in, in advertising marketing environment and you say through networking with them, it led to an introduction with so-and-so go a level deeper when it comes to how you networked. Was it you just in conversation, bringing up with your, your friends, hey, uh, do you know of any place where I could work? Or was it a little more uh, surgical where you actually researched your friends and who they knew and then came to them saying, hey, can you introduce me to this person? 
How did that networking you know, go into the steps of how you actually networked? Right. I, I would definitely say it's more conversational. Uh, I mean, especially when it's when it's your friends, when it's people, you know, I mean, you're you're always talking, you know, like, what are you doing this summer? Um, like, hey, I like what you're doing sounds really cool. Like, how can I get involved doing something like that? And I think a big part of it, too, is like you, you can't really be handed a role when you're sort of exploring these networking opportunities, but you can be handed a contact, you can be handed a phone number. And then I, I feel it's up to the individual at that point to, you know, make that phone call, write that email and, and get that one-on-one time to be able to say, Hey, like I'm interested in working. I'm interested in doing an internship. Can you tell me more about, you know, what, what you're, what you'd be looking for in an intern and how I could potentially help you out. Um, so I, I think that's really a big part of it is not only doing the networking itself, but then also taking the time to hop on the phone and understand, you know, what, what type of role there could be, especially when it's these sort of more informal internships. I think another great path that people can go is doing, you know, LinkedIn for sure. And, and looking for residencies at agencies or more formal internship opportunities as well that, that maybe might not necessarily be through networking with friends. Um, because I think that can be really invaluable experience as well. And I know some of my friends have gone down that path and have led to, you know, great positions down the road from that. Sure. Great, great, great tips, great advice there in terms of how to use LinkedIn to, to search those out. Now let's, so transition from your internships, you know, you secure your first full-time role at, a, at an agency, the Havas Media Group, which again, pretty well-known agency and probably have a lot of big name clients. So walk us through how you went from that internship into securing that role at Havas. Right. So uh, around the time when I was doing the internship, I was also interviewing at a lot of different agencies, big and small um networking definitely plays a part again i was lucky enough to have an, an old roommate of mine who was working at havas for about two years so he was able to kind of get the ball rolling for me there but mm -hmm. again i think it was a, a lot of help in the in the interview process was you know speaking on my previous experience um uh, especially touching on my experience in college i mean i I was applying to primarily media agencies at the time. And one thing I, I spoke about a lot in my interviews was this one specific class I took at, at Newhouse um, that was specifically strategic thinking in media planning. And we sort of put together a whole project for a client. And that, that's kind of what opened up my eyes to the world of what media agencies do when I was mm -hmm. at when I was at school. Um, so I think, you know, being able to draw in the experience from the, from the internship I was doing at the time, but also bringing in my college experience as well and understanding that that held some value in the interviews um, was helpful. And, and uh, I, I, so I, I think for me, like it, it definitely was in an easy transition from, you know, going from the internship I was doing at the time to my first role. But it, it, de it definitely did take a, a few failed interviews, um, a, a couple of rejections as well. Uh, I mean, I, I was just interviewing like crazy at that time. So hmm. uh, I was going to say, we'll, we'll get, get into some more of the details of those interviews. I'm sure you have a lot of learnings to share with everyone on I'm sure you could recount you know, things you did well, things you did poorly, but now you're at Havas and you're in there and just based on what we're hearing here, knowing that you wanted to be in media planning, knowing that you want to work uh, inside of an agency, you're working for one of the, uh, the top agencies uh, in New York, and then you leave after eight months. So on paper, it's a dream job. And then what would take you away from your dream job after eight months to tell us about that transition from why you left Havas uh, to move to MFG. Right. Well, I, I think when I started there, it was, you know, definitely, like you said, it was a, it was a dream position for me because I was interviewing with a, a lot of different media agencies at the time, um, was, was being told, 
you know, either you don't have enough experience yet in this role, or I was interviewing for a, for a strategy position at this other agency I really liked. Um, but they told me I didn't feel, or I was told that I didn't have, um, enough like passion, enough enthusiasm for that position, it seemed. And so when I got to Avasa, you know, I really tried to engage myself in that way. Um, but I think what you said, like, you know, sort of why did you leave after eight, eight months? I think for me, it was the, the missing enthusiasm there. And I think a big part of it was just the industry that the client I was working on was in. Mm. Um, I mean, it, I, I was able to learn a lot in a short amount of time. Uh, I was able to get a lot of experience with different specialty teams, sort of working with them to put together the the plans, the the executions and the buys themselves. However, um, what, what sort of wasn't making sense in my head was just the world of pharma in general, mm. which I know can be a, a very valuable career for a lot of people. It can be a very interesting field. Um, but for me, it, like things just weren't clicking when it came to pharma. And then sort of this opportunity came knocking to work on Google and, and sort of like the, the tech world. And, uh, for me that, that just seemed, you know, more interesting, more up my alley. Um, and did MFG find you or did you apply to them and they got back to you? Uh, they reached out to me on LinkedIn. So their internal recruiting team found you based off of what you had in your LinkedIn profile. Exactly. Okay. Um, now when you compare, Havas to MFG. Now I know every agency is different. I know that there's tons of agency opportunities that exist out there, but in your own opinion, based on your experience, what were some of the differences between the environment of a Havas versus an MFG? Now, again, maybe it's not particular to them specifically, but what were some of the, maybe it's environmental, cultural differences between those two agencies? Right. I I would say it's, I definitely didn't have enough experience um, to at either one so far to be able to speak really to a lot of the the cultural differences but the the one big change i did notice were just in terms of the the teams i was working on which i think is very uh which i think is very dependent on the the client itself and the team you're working in and so the one thing that really excited me about the difference at mfg was the opportunity to to plan across you know so many more channels in this integrated space where at Havas, it was kind of set on you know digital, digital focus, and then a, a few other channels here and there. However, um, in, in this position I'm in now, I'm I'm able to get insight into you know out of home print, uh, TV, CTV, and digital as well. Um, programmatic partnerships like a. a wider array of channels to gain insight in, which I think is good experience, especially someone in my position who is, you know, still in that zero to five years experience, like you said. Um, I, I think it's a, a good way to learn a lot working across all those different channels. And then you, and then you can kind of see, like you said before, with the the internships being a way to find out what you like and what you don't like, I think working in a in a very junior position where you have insight into a lot of the different channels that media is being planned across that you get to then you know work with the different specialty teams and in that way understand what you like and don't like in the world of media planning i like it so Something we hear a lot um from our members and, and just talking with some of our clients that are looking for the either career switchers into marketing or they're getting started in their marketing career, agency becomes an opportunity. And a lot of those, a lot of marketers that haven't worked in agencies always ask, what's the benefit uh, of working in agency? What are the pros and cons of working agency? So from your experience specifically, what can you tell our audience for those considering working in an agency? You know, what are some of the pros and cons that you see in that agency environment? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good question. Because a, a lot of it can be on the on the team and client as well that you're on. I feel like there's a lot of differences, um, you know, just in the in the different teams themselves within the agency. But if you if you do try and sum it up to you know agency versus a non agency role, I would say 
pros first would be building your network just because you are able to meet a lot of people in a short amount of time. Um, I would say another pro is like learning a lot in a short amount of time Mm -hmm. in those interactions with people. And because you're working towards very tight deadlines uh, that clients will, you know, put in front of you and you, you are um, in a way, I, I think I heard this maybe on your podcast or I'm not sure where I've heard this before, but someone kind of summed it up into the idea that agencies are solving problems. Right. Mostly. So it, it, it gives you that experience to, you know, solve problems under pressure and understand the different inner workings there. Um, so I, I think working for an agency can be, a, can be a great way to kind of see like, you know, how, how things are made quickly, how things are, are done um, in, like a, in like a high pressure situation. So I, th- I think it, it can be good, a good place to start out at. In that sort of way. And the one thing you want to change about working, or I should, let me phrase it differently. The one thing, hmm, the one thing that you don't like, the one con about working for an agency is what? I would say the, the high pressure kind of feeds into the con as well. Um, yep. I mean, there, there can be some late nights when you're, you know, coming up against the deadline. There can be a little bit more of bureaucracy i would say mm-hmm. um it, it can be sometimes hard to get things done when you have a lot of you know cooks in the kitchen if you will sure um so i i would say that's like one downside but also you know i don't really have the experience of what it's like to not work for an agency um except for the the short internship i did so I would say the con would be like, you know, the, there'll be some good days and some bad days, um, just like there would be at any job. But the the bad days in an agency can mean, you know, long, <laughs> long hours and, and you know, sometimes just not just not meeting uh, expectations sure. as you should be. So um, but I, I would say the the pros of an agency definitely outweigh the cons for me. And um, for for me. Personally, it's all about learning as much as I can, which I think an agency is the best place to do that. I like it. Um, well, I, listen, even even though you have a couple months experience or call it a couple a little year or two experience in agencies, it's valuable insight because for the person listening that that is about to start their search, uh, that's going to be helpful for them to to weigh the the option. But I, me personally, I agree. It is the it's one of the best places to start. Uh, if you're looking to learn a ton about digital marketing. So before we head to the break here, one quick question for you would be when you think about, you know, where you've been, you know, even go back to high school from learning inside of the, the, uh, the station or the media group that you had there to now, what's the most memorable career moment you've had so far? I would say if we if we want to take it all the way back to high school, I think one of the most memorable experiences there was we were editing this video for a like a film competition, and day the videos due, right? Computer hard drive completely wiped, um, <laughs> and so we we had like till end of day, which was about like two or three p.m. right in high school to either, you know, not submit a video or try and put something together for the competition and get a submission. And so what my team ended up doing was, you know, writing an entirely new script for the, for the film competition, creating a a whole new video in like one day filmed, edited and submitted. Um, and we actually ended up placing in the, in the film festival. Nice. Uh, video was absolutely terrible, but just the, I think what I take away from that is just the idea, like, you know, it's, it's okay to fail, but you know, you still want to submit something. And I think like putting forth an idea, even if it's kind of last minute or 
put together like right at the deadline there, I think it's it's better than, you know, not putting forth anything at all. Right. Plus um, the experience of working under a deadline. You did what it take, but you did whatever it, it took to get it done. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll get into some more details about what you do and, and what you're doing uh, as a media planner at MFG. Plus talk more about your experiences getting into those positions. Uh, we'll be right back. Let me ask you a question. What's been the best marketing career advice you've ever received? Now, one of the most common answers we've heard uh, from guests of this podcast and from our community as the answer to that question is, is to get a mentor or to form your own career counsel. Now, Jed and I wanted to do something that would make this reality an opportunity for every marketer. So our current paid monthly membership option, TMH Plus, offers access to weekly group coaching, mentorship calls, and direct access to mentors via chat. So think of it like your your own emergency line to help handle any challenging marketing career moments that you face. So we're offering a trial access to this TMH Plus uh, membership tier for only $1. $1 to get you a personalized sounding board, advice, guidance uh, that can help you land the higher salary, the promotion, or simply just gain confidence to manage your team or your client more effectively. So $1. If you have $1 and you're ready to start uh, accessing this level of career support for the next month, just go to themarketinghelp.co forward slash plus, enter the promo code listed, and we will message you shortly after you join to start a conversation. So that's themarketinghelp.co forward slash plus. Let's get back to the episode. Let's go into what a what a month looks like in your role as a media planner. Just give us a sense of the things you're doing task-wise, just so our audience gets a sense for uh, what media planner a media planner role would consist of. Right. So um, to start off, I would say a, a lot of things in the world of media, are very focused on, you know, the quarters and planning campaigns for those quarters. Um, and so it, it, you kind of start the ball rolling with kickoff meetings at the beginning of like a planning phase, meetings with your different specialty teams, meetings with, partners, vendors. Um, and it's, it's all dictated by the client as well. And in, in my position, I'm not, you know, too involved in those client calls, but I am involved in a lot of the, in the partner and vendor calls and a lot of the calls with our different specialty teams. And it's from, it's from those that you kind of really, you know, all get on the same page into, you know, here's our brief that was handed to us by the clients. Here's what their goals are. Here's what we're looking to achieve with our media plans. And then we kind of strategize with the different teams internally and the external partners and vendors and figure out a way to put together buys across different channels that all work together to deliver on those clients' goals. When it comes to a planner, so it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is is on the front end. So doing a lot of research, a lot of strategy development, but are you also responsible for following up to see how things performed or is that another department's job? Right. So we, we definitely tap into analytics to help a lot with the setup of analysis of campaigns, whether it be, you know, testing our creative before campaign launches or also measuring reporting of campaigns as they are live or mm-hmm. as they're being wrapped up. Um, so the, the planners are not directly responsible for a lot of that, but we are responsible in, in being sort of the narr- the narrators of that and telling the story of how a campaign's performing, telling a story of, you know, what the expectations should be. And then at the end of a campaign, you know, saying, did we deliver on those? Did we exceed them? here's why and here's how we can improve to, you know, execute a campaign better in the future. Um, So we're responsible for that as well as optimizing in flight. Um, So like if, uh, if one buy is not performing well, you know, uh, it would be a planner's job to sort of come in and, and recommend, you know, where can we, take that budget for that channel and maybe allocate it somewhere else. Um, and I'm lucky enough to work with programmatic teams where a lot of the, the digital portions of that 
sort of optimization activation are kind of managed uh, in that programmatic way where you don't have to think about all of those digital buys in the weeds as much, but we, we do do a lot of direct buys with, uh, with different partners and vendors as well, where those would have to be managed in a more uh, direct relationship sort of way. Right. So, so the media planner has involvement at the beginning and during the campaigns. Uh, so anybody who's thinking about is media planner, a good, a good route for me, it sounds like, well, if you enjoy like, like, like you did, right. Enjoyed the strategic end of it of research and developing the plan of attack, but enjoy the aspect of making some changes to further optimize campaigns. This sounds like a definite uh, path for anybody who has that, that level of interest. Doesn't mean you have to have the skills, but if you have that interest, this could be a path for you. Now, when you think about development of your role and whether this is specific to MFG or what was it, Havas or what you just know, what where do you go from here, right? So media planner, what's the path look like for somebody or you personally, where do you want to go in your path uh, as a media planner? Yeah, so I, I would say uh, it's it's funny because every agency kind of calls media planning something different now, right? Like when I was at Havas, we were connections planners. Um, here, I'm a you know more traditionally a media planner. I've seen it called media strategy at other agencies. So I feel like there's different nomenclature that that gets tossed around. But I think that sort of the traditional ladder, I would say, in terms of career development in the in the planning discipline would be you would start out as an associate media planner. And then from there, you move on to either a senior associate that I've seen at some agencies or a planner. And then a step up from that would be a supervisor who's Mm -hmm. sort of managing the planners. And then from there, you would have an account or uh, associate director. And then uh, above them, a director who is... You know, they're, they're kind of thinking on things in a more higher level and working more directly with the clients where as you go down to the associate and planner level, you're sort of working more with the specialty teams, the buyers themselves, the people actually in platform executing and activating the campaigns. Um, so I think that that's like the traditional role. I think there's also opportunities just because planning does see into a lot of different specialties and sort of has ownership over a lot of the development of the campaign as a whole. There's so much insight into all of the other departments at an agency Um, just because there's a lot more than just media buyers and planners. I mean, you're also working every week with analytics Right. You're working with a lot with finance and billing. Uh, there's also whole departments dedicated to, to media strategy who you will tap into when it comes time to put together recommendations or present some of the more uh, higher level recommendations of the buys. Um, there's... So you, you you kind of get insight into a lot of different departments, and I think it's a good role if you want to kind of understand how agencies work in general. Good point. Good point. Now, the other thing about agency roles, obviously, you're joining a team. Uh, you, you talked about the hierarchy of the positions. I mean, what's your advice to anybody who's who's in an agency role or about to start an agency role or wants to be in an agency role when it comes to managing your manager? Obviously, like the supervisor, the director, you know, they got a lot going on. But what have you seen from your experience in, in the best ways to manage up or to manage your, your manager so that you, you feel like you're getting the opportunities that you deserve? Right. I, th- I think one of the, the best things someone can do in like a, a more junior position like myself, and th- this was told to me on day one from one of our, uh, from one of our VPs, is just to, to ask questions. Um, and and to make sure the the questions that you ask are, you know, also pushing that ball forward. Um, so if if you're seeing things like fall through sometimes, maybe you know speak up about it and you know talk to your manager about um, 
you know, what specifically needs to be done or, you know, just like, did we, did we ever respond to this person? Did we ever, you know, close the loop on, on X, Y, or Z? Um, so I think it's, it's definitely everyone's responsibility to, you know, follow up on, on all those individual pieces. But I think as a, as a more junior person, you can, uh, you can help your, your manager out that way just by, you know, being engaged, asking those questions. Um, also, I think, good. yeah, good. good. I was just going to add also, I think like, I wish I've heard you talk about a lot of times too, is, is just asking your manager how you can, you know, make their job easier, sort of what they can, uh, what they can delegate off to you, which allows you to both get more involved in, in some of that higher up work. Um, while also freeing up time for them to, you know, get done some of what they have to do that might be more, uh, client relationship sort of stuff. So I, I think those are like both good, like, that's a, that's a good first question you can ask your manager is just like, you know, how can, what can I take off your plate to make your job easier sort of thing? Nice. So let's dig into, you you mentioned in, in the first half here, talking about interviewing and how you had a ton of interviews, as you were trying to find the right role outside of your internship. So again, let's make this, this, this helpful for the audience um, who, again, may be looking to, to start the interviewing or they're currently interviewing, but what are some takeaways from that experience you had? And let's just categorize it into two, two pieces. One is what didn't work uh, or what did you realize after an interview when you got rejected and you said, gosh, I, I probably failed because of this. And on the flip side, maybe speak to a couple of things that, you know, actually worked really well in helping you navigate the process and and get an offer. Right. So I would say, well, I like to back it up a bit. I think one of the, one of the things I really found, found challenging when I was interviewing, um, which I think is just a consequence of where we are with the world right now has just Mm -hmm. been uh, sort of this interviewing on the phone or interviewing on a, on a zoom call, that sort of thing. Um, and I, I feel like it can be hard to make the personal connection at that point, because at, at the end of the day, um, it doesn't matter who you're interviewing with or what company it's for. It's still like a one-on-one sort of person, personal thing. Um, you know, there's still a person on the other end of that phone or the under, other end of that screen. So I, I definitely found like that, that barrier almost to sort of be a challenge for me in um in sort of just being able to like ask the right questions in the interview because you can you can do a lot of research online about the company you can research the person you're interviewing with but i feel like there is something lost in that personal connection sort of like when you're in an office or you're in that environment you know you're picking up on more things about the company when you actually are in that environment where that that company sort of lives um, in the office. Um, but I think one thing that, that helped me in, in being personal was just, you know, not only asking or, uh, not only having the interview be about the role and the company itself, but also about the, the people working there, asking them, you know, what they, what they enjoy doing on the weekends, like, you know, seeing if you'd be a good cultural fit within that company. Um, was helpful in, you know, moving me along in a lot of interview processes. Even if I didn't get the job at the end, I felt that because I was able to talk to people um, in that more personal level, you know, build connections around like things we have in common and like where the city for the job was going to be. Um, and like in one of my interviews was for an, an agency based out of Philadelphia, which is kind of like where in the area I grew up around. So we, you know, we would talk a lot about the Sixers or, you know, different things about that we liked about Philadelphia in, in the interviews um, to kind of make things more personal. And then, uh, you know, we would go into some of the specifics about the job. Um, and, and since like, a, and I'm sure a lot of people like, you know, listening who are, you know, just coming out of college and maybe just have one internship under their belt or maybe, you know, just, uh, one year of experience and that sort of route. Um, like th- I feel like that's really what companies are looking for is sort of that cultural fit, someone with 
you know, that can develop their soft skills, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's also eager and willing to learn because it, it or go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Or I, I was just going to say, I feel like that's what companies are really looking for in like an entry level role because they, they, they do say a lot to like, they can teach you a lot of what needs to be done on the job, but it, so I feel like the way to stand out in an interview, the way to be memorable is to, is to try and build that personal connection. And, you know, even if it's just the, you know, that you're talking about a sports team you like, or you mention a quote from a book you read, I feel like that can, that can make you stand out. And did you ever get feedback from, from teams or companies that you interviewed with when you didn't get the job? Um, you know, cause I, I know it's a, it, it's a, um, it's not a constant that you always hear back, but I'm just curious in your experience, cause you've done so many interviews. Did you ever hear back from somebody that gave you feedback on your interview when you did not get a job? Yeah, I think I mentioned this earlier. Um, one, one position I was applying for, I, I made it like three, three rounds into the interview, uh, was meeting with quite a few people on different zoom calls. Um, but ultimately heard back that they felt I wasn't interested in the job enough, which I kind of took as a shock because, (laughs) because at the time it was like the, the, it was like top of the list for me. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of took that advice and, uh, you know, tried to try to learn as much as I could more about the industry. Um, but, but it also, it can be kind of hard to, be interested in the inner working in the inner workings of an agency looking at it from the outside because you i i feel like it it is an environment where you you don't really understand the job until you're inside of it and mm. even then you might not understand the job until you're a few months in um just because of all the different complexities and ways of working are different um did that advice that they gave you in that interview that help shape your approach for when you actually did get an offer from, I guess that was before Havas or for MFG? Right. Yeah. I think it, it definitely pushed me to try and learn more about the company before taking other interviews. Um, and also to really show in my interviews that, you know, I am interested. I, am engaged. Um, I am someone who wants to learn more about this and forced me to kind of, or motivated me to kind of express that more in my future interviews that I did. Nice. So shifting to, again, you put a lot of work into getting to where you are. I think that's obvious. And I guess, again, other more advice and tips for our listeners you know, when you think about the resources that you've been using to educate yourself on not just media planning, but maybe just other resources you've used to stay connected to the industry of of, of marketing or digital marketing, what are your go-to resources both for, I guess, for, for knowledge or for networking? Right. I mean, uh, LinkedIn has to be the, the top one for networking. Um, it's something I definitely did not take seriously enough when I was in high school and college, but, uh, definitely since the time I've graduated, I've found it to be invaluable for connecting with people, you know, I might meet through work or even outside of work. So I would say LinkedIn for one. Um, another great resource I found has been just searching online on like Reddit has a lot of great different forums. Um, might not be the best place for information itself, but it can be a great place to get started on your journey and sort of looking for things that might interest you in the industry. Um, and it can, it can be a great, like, uh, can be a great, like home base for where like a lot of other content might live. It can, it can point you in a, a lot of interesting directions, um, for different, for different websites, different things to follow, different people to follow. Um, I think as well, like YouTube has been pretty great in, um, finding different lectures on there. I mean, it, YouTube just has so much, so much content. And if you know what you want to look for, um, you can find really interesting stuff just like where people would talk about their experiences and 
you can really get to get to learn a lot from just listening to uh from different people talk on there whether it's like a tedx talk or um just someone giving a lecture at a college that's maybe you know not the college you went to but it's a someone giving like a a lecture that sounds interesting and from there like you might pick up like you know different podcasts different books uh different uh different resources that those people found valuable and um you kind of just, you know, go down the rabbit hole from there. I, and I would say your podcast as well has definitely been invaluable to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did a look back today to see what the first episode I listened to was. And it was, I graduated in May and <laughs> listened to the first episode in June nice. of 2021. So, <laughs> All right. But that definitely in which I started listening uh, earlier in my college career. Nice. Well, glad, glad the podcast was helpful. And again, that's why we wanted to, have as many guests on that represent the entire journey for marketers so that we can give as much insight at those different stages. And I think that the tips you're sharing here today are very valuable too. So what's the best way for our audience to connect with you if they want to learn more about, uh, connect with you, ask questions about MFG, or just to, to learn more about your background, what you're doing? Right. I mean, I would, I would say the best place to reach out to me is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, still trying to build up my connections there. So open and willing to uh you know chat with anyone on there you can also uh just reach me at my email address jaredrourke at gmail.com if you have any specific questions or you know just want to get to know more about what it is i'm doing or uh what i've talked about here cool and i know that mfg is hiring i mean i think every agency is still hiring despite you know the climate what's going on just because of uh whether it's uh growth or investment in future talent so if anyone sees a role at MFG that you're interested in, feel free to connect with uh, with Jared on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, maybe start the conversation there. And make sure you're referencing the, the Marketing Careers podcast where you heard him so that he knows to respond to you. Uh, but Jared, this is great. I will share links in the show notes for ways to connect with you, but also some of those uh, resources you were mentioning uh, for where marketers can start learning more about the industry or, or what's going on in media planning. Uh, but thanks again for joining today, Jared. I really appreciate it. Great insights and uh, best of luck with everything at MFG. All right. Thank you so much. All right. A big thank you to Jared for joining me in this episode. Now check the show notes for the links we discussed in the episode, especially ways you can connect with Jared, uh, his email address, LinkedIn profile URL, And make sure to mention the Marketing Careers podcast when messaging Jared. And again, if you want personalized guidance for myself or other skilled marketing mentors for just a dollar, check out the marketinghelp.co forward slash plus. Enter the promo code and let's start a conversation. Now, again, that's one dollar for 30 days of access to a skilled marketing mentor to help you navigate with all those challenges you've been talking about to yourself or to coworkers uh, recently. So just go to the marketinghelp.co forward slash plus uh, and let's get a conversation started. All right, this is your host, Eric Harbison, and I will catch you on the next episode.